Hey y'all, welcome to Beyond Consulting, the podcast dedicated to helping listeners navigate a career after consulting. I'm Stephen Haug, host of Beyond Consulting and director at ECA Partners. Each week on the podcast, we host folks who have spent some time in consulting, but have since made a pivot or a career change. Before we get started, I want to thank ECA Partners for sponsoring Beyond Consulting. ECA is an executive search and on-demand consulting firm specializing in former consultants and private equity. Today, we have the pleasure of speaking with Natalie Mishkina, Global Head of Financial Services, Strategy and Strategic Development for Adobe Document Cloud. She's also a former McKinsey Engagement Manager. Natalie, welcome to Beyond Consulting. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me here. Of course, lots of topics that I want to discuss with you today, but let's dive into your consulting days first. Can you give us a little bit of a flavor of your time at McKinsey? What made you decide to join consulting? And then, of course, we'll talk a little bit about the transition out of consulting as well. Yes, absolutely. And, well, nice to talk in front of the audience and share my experiences I think I would want to start with saying that at McKinsey, I was somewhat what is known as an experienced hire. So I did not join McKinsey right after college. I joined McKinsey after doing my MBA program, after having a few years of professional experience in financial services and high tech. So at certain point of time, I was working for a bank. I was doing great, but at certain point of time, I realized realized I didn't have enough knowledge, understanding how business operate. And I decided to get my MBA. I got my MBA in Europe, in SEAD Business School, and was hired after I graduated. I had the job offer to join McKinsey, and I decided to give it a try, despite some of the reservations I had at that point of time. I had two kids. One kid was a couple of months old, so that was something challenging. I decided to join McKinsey, and that was actually a great decision because I was able to perform different projects and the projects were, again, like I was kind of open to different opportunities, but I became a part of uh, financial services, a little bit of government, a little bit of utilities practices and focusing on sales and marketing. And my projects were mostly related to that, although I had some share of back office optimization projects. So it was fun time. It was three years doing different things. And again, like I loved working with smart people. I loved having challenging projects. But at a certain point of time, I was, again, like, you know, having two kids. Kids were demanding more time as they were growing. And my husband at that time, he was in consulting as well. So it was challenging to kind of navigate all the trouble and everything. And I decided that it was a good time for me to exit and to look for something else. Excellent. Appreciate the details there. Tell us a bit more about the types of clients you worked on, because I know you did a lot of international work. Is that right? Yes, I did. Yeah, it was definitely different types of clients. And again, I think being exposed to clients in more established economies versus emerging markets, I could say I had a tendency to work with emerging markets at that time, only because it's much more dynamic. It's a less 
of, I would say, hoops to take in mind to like, you know, uh, jump through less regulated in certain areas, although like financial services, uh, we are mostly focused on uh, regulated pretty heavily everywhere. So that's something, again, like I really like that opportunity to work with something growing and like, you know, kind of like a greenfield opportunities. It was also, again, like more challenging because everyone was expecting results right away. And it was challenging again, like to some extent, is to delivering results like next quarter or like, you know, in the next six months while thinking and building long-term strategies uh, for clients. So that was something like to keep into under for consideration. Exciting. And actually, before we hit the record button here, you and I were talking about how this month, March, is Women's History Month. And one of the things that has already come up here is that whenever you joined consulting, you already had a couple of kids. Your husband was in consulting. So two extremely demanding careers. Tell us a bit more about how you balanced all of that. So that's... I'm making this sound. It's never easy to balance. It's never easy to balance. But I think, again, like one of the things which really worked for me, I would never agree to like decide to move forward with like joining consulting company unless I had a great role model. And my role model, she worked in McKinsey and actually I was on the client side and she was, she, she would work for McKinsey at that time. She was engagement manager and I really liked her approach to life and how she was very smart, but she was very calm and like very wise person. And she, like when I called her to talk about this, she said like, you just try, like, you know, you can always quit. You just try, you see how it goes and, you know, like just make sure again, like you have a support system in place. And at that time she had, uh, gosh, that time she had four kids and I was like, well, if she can do it like with four kids, I can probably do it with two kids. So that's something like, you know, having a role model, a positive role model who can help you share best practices with you and like help you, you know, set up your life so that it would be possible. And she did help me a lot. So like, I really appreciate all the work she did, but that's something again, like finding role models, building the support network and again, like creating, like putting everything in order, like again, like all the shopping things, all the like doctor visits and everything, like, you know, putting everything in calendar, sharing this calendar with everyone, like, you know, assigning roles and responsibilities. That's something managing and running the household so that will not interfere with your work life. That was something like which I learned how to do. That's funny. It sounds like you were using some of the parts of your consulting toolkit to manage your household there. Absolutely. Absolutely. Roles and responsibilities. And that was very important. And, you know, everyone who were helping me, even like, you know, some neighbors who were giving rights for my kids, like, again, like they knew what they were doing and when they're doing and how they're doing it. Whenever you joined McKinsey, and I know you were there for about three years, did you plan for that just to be about a two or three year job and then you'd move on to something else? Or did you have the expectation that you might stay there for the rest of your career? I didn't have any specific expectations. I started again, like it was hard for me in the beginning, because as I said, like I was experienced higher coming from highly regulated industries and some of the things 
such as having a hypothesis on day one, not having enough data to generate the hypothesis was kind of challenging for me. After like six months or one year, I started feeling really comfortable. I really like, again, like I was able to embrace the consulting toolkit. I was able to embrace and start applying some of the things Again, like I really liked it. And then after three years, it was a hard decision for me to either to leave or to stay. For me, the decision to leave were kind of like a twofold. One was a decision to leave consulting and join the industry. And on the other hand, it was a relocation decision. And because I decided to relocate, I was kind of like, okay, if I'm relocating, I probably need to find a job like in the industry because I didn't know what to expect. Mm-hmm. Which McKinsey office did you spend most of your time in? So it was uh, in Europe. It was a Moscow office and some time I spent in Asia. So yes, but I worked on multinational companies and with multinational companies. And then you relocated to? To US, to New York. Yes. Tell us about the job that pulled you out of McKinsey. So my first job after McKinsey was a head of strategy and transformation for mid-sized bank here in the United States. The bank was a part of the bigger financial services group with the headquarters of out of Israel. Again, I joined it here, but it was independent subsidiary here in the United States. And bank was focusing mostly on commercial banking and private banking, including international private banking. So that was something, again, like to some extent I learned as I joined because, again, especially international private banking in the United States was kind of like not known to me. So it was fun. I really liked that job. And I joined the organization to support the CEO, who is ex-McKinsey as well, who had a very ambitious plans to turn around the bank. And it was a successful, very successful ride. But in the meantime, again, like it was hard to transform a bank, which was somewhat outdated to be that the latest and greatest across all the things, like starting with like, you know, like new segments, new products, new core banking system, you name it, we were changing it. Good. And then finally, you moved over to Adobe where you spent, I guess it's been almost four years at this point. Tell us a little bit about your role there. As we mentioned earlier on, you you oversee quite a few things at Adobe. I'd love to hear about what your job is. Yes, absolutely. Again, like after we finished a transformation at Bengaliumi, I started thinking about like, what is the next challenge and what would be interesting for me? And again, like I started my career as high-tech professional, I turned to consulting and I did the transformation in the bank. And I felt like it would make sense for me to bring all this knowledge of transformation of industry back to technology companies, because a lot of changes, like if you think about industry 4.0, Like we see digital as a number one driver going forward. So I wanted to bring all my knowledge and understanding back to technology and help them understand, like for Adobe in particular, help them build that stronger muscle around industries in industry financial services in particular. So again, like I'm focusing on everything related to, again, like (laughs) accelerating digital productivity, but it's all about, again, like being digital.
digital and being digitally native in certain activities. So my role consists of like, you know, three or four different parts. It's like strategy and strategic go-to-market, identify opportunities and connecting product capabilities with the industry needs and like creating it in a like language that clients understand. So that would be like number one. The second thing is working with ecosystem because right now everything is interconnected. And like I'm hearing stories from our clients saying that for a good, great customer onboarding experience, they need to integrate 40 different systems. So ecosystems are becoming really important and integrating with like, you know, industry ISVs and working with system integrators, that's becoming important. Working with key clients, because again, like nobody understands better the challenges of clients than ex, like, you know, people who were in the same shoes, really. And doing all these things through the industry solutions, industry POVs. So that's something again, like, but it's a very interesting job. I'm very happy that I joined Adobe. So it's kind of a startup within the established business. And I would say like, we've been very successful when we think about data, digital documents, digital document workflows. I see a lot of success. Just to like share one funny story, when I joined Adobe, I went to my first Money 2020 conference representing Adobe. And when I was talking to people and was saying, well, hi, I'm Natalie, I'm from Adobe. Many people were asking me, and why are you here? Aren't you Photoshop people? And it was very funny to hear because at that point of time, Adobe Acrobat signed product for electronic signature or the second one, like had a second share of the market. And again, like Acrobat in general is installed in almost every like Fortune 500 companies. But like nobody associated Adobe, but like only with a creative thing, not with a digital documents. And this year, well, not this year, last year, I went to Money 2020. I didn't get this question. And I'm like, I'm proud of the work I've done to kind of like elevate Adobe and Adobe document capabilities in financial services. So a little bit like a moment of pride here. <laughs> yeah, that's good. And it sounds like you've already achieved quite a bit of success um, since you've been at Adobe. And I wanted to think about that a little bit more, not just as the success of the company, but what you consider some of the key characteristics someone needs to have in order to be a successful leader in a company like Adobe. Yes, absolutely. So when we think about technology companies nowadays, again, I think the necessary capabilities would include a couple of things. It's definitely ability to think creatively and identify opportunities on scale align resources. So there is opportunity, think about the idea, value proposition, align resources to support that. And offer a product to market fast and fail fast. That's another thing, like very often, People think like failure, especially like I've seen some people who are coming from consulting, they want to know everything. They want to understand, well, if not 100% of the data and understand the 100% of landscape, sometimes you need to move faster and fail faster 
but like, you know, prove a point, make a decision that this is not a good idea and move to the next one versus, again, research more and validate more and research even more. So that's something, again, like I would say, this is like, you know, the new mantra, how to operate. And I see, again, people who are successful, they're approaching it this way. As you mentioned, you joined McKinsey as an experienced hire. What are some of the major things that you learned while you were at McKinsey that you then took with you later on in your career? Definitely everything related to consulting, like toolkit, ability, like not being scared of unknown, like facing some challenge which you have no idea how to approach. But having a right toolkit, like some frameworks, you can address those things. And like just recently I had a situation when one of my colleagues didn't have enough information to put together a proposal. And I said, okay, like how are you approaching it? And he said something and like, yes, there was like a couple of data points missing. I said, okay, but we have other options to approach it. Bottom up, top down, like estimation based on like, you know, best practices here and there, estimation based on this. So like, let's talk about like three different things. And like, it didn't take me more than like two minutes to generate all these four options or five options, like one we removed immediately. And he was like, by the end of our conversation, 15 minutes later, he was like, okay, I know how to solve it. Like I have the data I have, or like I need. And I know like he presented it to a client and client was quite happy with the estimations and things which were part of that proposal. So that's something again, like after consulting, things come like things come come more naturally. But yes, for maybe for people who never experienced it and like who never been in consulting. Like that sounds like, you know, strange. Well good. And then thinking back about your entire career, if you were to do it all over again, is there anything you would do differently? That's a great question. Would I do something differently? I would not say like I would do something differently, but there were some points of time where I could have like made better choice or be better prepared. And when I start think about those things, like I could identify three things. And again, like, since we are talking about Women History Month, like many of these challenges or behavioral patterns associated with women. So I'm not an exception. I'll share a couple of them. Like number one is belief in your abilities. I had an opportunity early on in my career. I had two offers and I decided to go with an offer where I was offered like a more junior position, but I was promised a training versus other position where I was like individual producer. And I was scared to go like to become like individual producer because would not have anybody to ask any questions. And like after like one week at the job, again, like I decided to go with this more junior position, I knew what to do. So it was like something like underestimating my abilities. And sometimes it's related to, again, like underestimating my capabilities. And we know that often when there is a job opening and the typical, again, like I'm, I'm talking about only typical situation here, a typical male candidate see like, you know, his capabilities are meeting 70% of the capabilities for the job, they will apply. For women, unfortunately, it's still, they want to have at least 90%, if not 100 to apply. And this is one of the things and like, I'm guilty as charge of those things happening early in my career. I changed, <laughs> I hope I changed. So that's number one, believe in your abilities. Number two is a power of network. 
And again, I know a lot of very talented, very smart people who believe that if they do what they need to do at work, if they work and focus only on work, they will succeed in life and they will succeed professionally and they overlook or deprioritize ability to connect within the network and create a professional circles that they can share some ideas, bounce some ideas. And this is something, again, like this is worse for women than, than men. I'm guilty of those things as well. Like, you know, I work really hard in a couple of my positions and like just had to force myself to be more out there, like participate in conferences, like, you know, make some connections and grow those connections. So that would be number two. And number three is again, like plan better for breaks in my career and breaks in this case would be like, you know, like a, because of the family situations, like two kids, even like, you know, like I tried to prepare for this, like I could have prepared better to understand the demands of having and raising kids. You never prepared, but I could have done a better job. So build your support circle, build your network early on and just get ready to face entropy. Like the next level of entropy when you have kids, it's like <laughs> you lose some control over your life for sure. So that's something I would say, just believe in ability, work on your network and focus on network and invest time in building your network and again, plan better for breaks in career. Well, I think you've already given our audience a number of excellent pieces of advice. Is there anything else you'd like to leave us with? So I think, again, like if you're considering, if you're thinking about your next move and your next move is outside of consulting, I would say like if you're thinking about moving to technology, definitely try to understand and learn to understand and get some classes on product management and product because technology, it's all driven by product platform. So that's something again, like that's a core of it. Like try to get those classes, even if you are targeting roles outside of product management, that would be my suggestion. And if you're thinking about just moving to industries like, you know, and join enterprise or like, you know, commercial type of organization, try to, again, like understand the situation and the challenges beyond your focus of interest. I'm grateful that my experiences before McKinsey and in the bank gave me that 360 view of, again, like all the different challenges, starting from, again, like rebranding to compliance and everything else. And it makes you a much better team player when you understand that this is like, again, like while we're focusing on A, there is like B to Z type of considerations to have on the plate and like you can work much, much better. So that would be my two recommendations. Thank you, Natalie. Thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, you're very welcome. And I hope people find it helpful. And this is something, again, like very, very exciting. If you're at that stage of your life, when you're thinking about something else, like, again, like it's an exciting journey. Just think like the right way and plan the right way. But this is exciting.